This week on the Docs to Dads podcast, we are in the final days of preparing for the arrival of a new baby, and our kids are getting ready for a promotion to big brother and big sister. What should you do with your older kids to help them prepare for the arrival of a new baby to your home? We talk practical tips for helping everyone transition a little easier to adding that new baby brother or sister. This week on episode 44 of the Docs to Dads podcast. Hello and welcome to the Docs to Dads podcast, a health and wellness resource for any dad looking to actively engage with their health, the health of their children, and building a stronger, healthier community around their family. Each week, Dr. Scott, a board-certified pediatrician, will explore topics relevant to child health and how dads can be an active participant in their growth, development, and other issues that affect children and the whole family. Welcome back to the Docs to Dads podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Scott Grant, and I am so excited to have you here with us today. If it's your first time here, thanks for coming and being a part of this. I'd love to hear from you if you want to reach out to me via email or social media. Uh, you can email the show at docstodadspod at gmail.com or find us on social media at docstodadspod. My favorite social media platforms to interact on are Instagram and LinkedIn, so reach out to me there. Uh, But wherever you send me a message, I always respond to every message I get from a listener. Regular listeners of the show will know that we are imminently awaiting the arrival of our third baby to the family, and by the time you are listening to this, that little one will definitely be here, and we will have a family of five. So one of the things my wife and I have been trying to be intentional about as we prepare for the arrival of this new blessing is how to prepare our two older kids, we have a four-year-old boy and a two-year-old girl, for their promotion to big brother and big sister. This will be our second time doing this as we did something pretty similar with our son before my daughter was born. Uh, This does not have to be anything super elaborate, uh, but there's a few little tricks that worked for us the first time and seem to be working for us this time around that I thought I would just plant some seeds to help you be really intentional about preparing your family, and that includes preparing your older kids to be set up for success as big siblings. So tip number one, talk about baby. Uh, This might seem pretty obvious, but you know, tell them as early as you feel comfortable uh, with them knowing and others knowing. Um, you know, this will be a deeply personal decision uh, for a lot of families, especially uh, those families who have experienced a pregnancy loss in the past. Sometimes there's a little bit of hesitation to talk openly for some period of time about a new pregnancy because there's that trauma from having lost a pregnancy in the past. And you do need to be aware that once your kids know that there's a baby in mommy's tummy, then anyone that you meet might be let in on that secret, uh, whether you want that or not. And so uh, don't tell your kids until you're ready for your friends or you know random families at the park or the guy at the grocery store uh, to know as well, because they're going to be excited and they're going to want to share that secret with others. Uh, but talking about baby and telling them that there's a baby that's coming is sort of the first way to help them prepare for that transition. And so you want to share with your kids that there is another baby that's coming to the family and that we're excited that that baby is coming and we want to welcome them to the family. And if you are excited as you're talking to them about baby, they're going to get excited about it too. So start with something simple, especially for young kids. Just tell them 
that, you know, there's a baby in mommy's tummy and that mommy's tummy might get a little bigger as baby gets bigger. And that'll just help them sort of feel like part of the process as they see, you know, baby grow, see mommy's tummy grow. We'll talk a little bit more about ways to pull them into that uh, in just a few minutes, but just sort of start by telling them what's going to happen before baby comes. You know, if you're struggling to find the right words or you want to talk about it in a certain way, uh, there are books that you can find about welcoming a new baby. There are some of these that are pretty specific about, you know, you're going to be a big brother or you're going to be a big sister uh, that'll help your kids sort of visualize themselves in that role. Uh, There are others that are sort of more generic about welcoming a baby to the family and sort of getting them prepared for all the little things that are going to start happening once the new baby arrives. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute as well. But sometimes starting with a story, uh, reading about other kids who have babies coming into their homes, just sort of helps them find some solid ground underneath them as they start to prepare for the idea that there might be a new baby coming into the home. So any of those are going to lead you uh, to success and give you a chance to sort of talk about what it'll be like to have a new baby, to give your kids an opportunity to ask questions about what that means. and So that is going to get you off on the right foot. Um, You might also be able to use existing relationships to help them understand. Uh, So my wife and I both have little brothers. uh, And so helping our kids come to understand that they're going to have a little brother or sister soon uh, will kind of help them. And they understand that like their uncle is my little brother or their uncle is you know, my, my wife's little brother. And that's the relationship between me and my brother, for example, and that That's the relationship that they're now going to get to have between, you know, themselves and their younger, younger sibling. If you know the baby's gender or you've picked a name for your baby, even before baby arrives, um, then you can sort of use those uh, to provide extra context for your kids. So you can talk about them specifically as a little brother or a little sister, share the name with them if that's something that you want them to be able to talk about. But again, you should only share information with your kids that you're comfortable maybe leaking out at some point. So if you've picked a name, but you want to kind of keep it under wraps, uh, then especially your your older kids who are old enough to sort of talk and tell stories like my four-year-old, for example, like from the moment he found out that we were pregnant with this number three, there was no more keeping it a secret. It was, it was out there. And so, you know, keep that in mind as you're sharing information with your kids. But, uh, you know, that can also provide a little bit more context to talk about like, oh, this is your little brother or your little sister and their name is going to be you know, X, Y, Z, whatever the, whatever the name is. And then you can sort of talk more specifically about that as they're uh, waiting for their sibling to arrive. In our situation, you know, we are waiting to be surprised by the gender at the delivery. And so we don't have that information. We don't know whether this baby is a little brother or a little sister, but we sort of instead have had conversations with our kids about getting them excited about not knowing. And and do you want it to be a brother? Or do you want it to be a sister? And no surprise, my son wants it to be a brother and my daughter wants it to be a sister. Uh, so, you know, that that's kind of how those conversations generally go. Uh, but it's just another way to kind of get them excited about baby coming. Uh, We even, you know, because we don't know the gender until the delivery, we sort of go in with two or three boys' names and two or three girls' names uh, and pick one when we get there to kind of figure out what it's going to be. So we even, you know, asked our kids sort of, what do you think, you know, if it's a boy, what do you think the baby's name should be? If it's a girl, what do you think baby's name should be? Uh, You know, their suggestions were not great, uh, you know, my my son wanted to name the baby Fountain for a while, um, so I'm not sure where exactly that came from, but that will 
uh, almost certainly not be baby's name. So there's a baby fountain out there uh, somewhere, maybe in, I don't know. I don't know where that came from exactly, but, um, you know, it's just a fun way to sort of get them talking about baby, get them excited about baby. uh, And that's really what we're trying to get from these conversations. So number one, talk about baby. Uh, Number two, help them feel like they're part of the pregnancy, part of what's what's happening. And this is sort of a, a corollary to what we talked about all the way back in episode three, where we talked about ways for dad to bond with baby during pregnancies and ways that dads can feel like they're starting to develop a little bit of a connection to baby uh, even during pregnancy. And so you can use a lot of those same tactics that I'm going to sort of restate slightly differently here um, as well. But if you're welcoming a new baby, It might be useful for you out there to go back and listen to episode number three, where I kind of go through that, like, how do you do this as a dad first? And then this will kind of give you an idea of how to bring your kids into that as well. Uh, And so that'll help kids start to feel like they're developing a little bit of a bond with their younger sibling. One is just letting your kids talk to the baby in mommy's tummy. Um, That's a good way to start a relationship. They can sort of just say hi to baby. They can tell baby that they love them. My son in particular loves, you know, giving kisses to my wife's tummy. Uh, Obviously, all of this needs to be okay with mom. There's a lot of, uh, you know, (laughs) touching that goes on uh, with uh, pregnant women and breastfeeding women too, for that matter. Uh, And so we want to certainly make sure that all of this happens within the context of what mom feels comfortable with. But assuming that mom is okay uh, with uh, some of these relational things, it can be a nice way to bring baby into that, but only in so far as mom feels comfortable with that. Uh, you know, so they can talk to baby, say, tell baby that they love them. Uh, you know, they can sing them their favorite song, just different ways to sort of start to feel like they're developing a relationship with the baby that's in mommy's tummy. It might be a little harder for younger kids to understand. Uh, you know, that there's a baby inside mommy's tummy and that this is the way that this goes. Uh, You know, as you have more kids, you know, my son certainly understands a lot more now than he did when my daughter was, you know, when when my wife was pregnant with my daughter and before my daughter came. Uh, So they'll pick it up as they go. But one way that we found helped our kids really start to understand that there's a baby in mommy's tummy is to just try to make it feel a little more real. And there's a couple of ways that we did this. So one is once you have your ultrasound picture, you can actually show the picture of the baby inside mommy's tummy to the kids and say, ah, this is your little brother or little sister. Um, You know, especially once you get the, the older pictures per se, like that 20 week um, scan where they give you like the full, you know, you can sometimes get a pretty good sense of like what the profile looks like. It kind of looks like a baby's uh, face as those features kind of come in to uh, become a little bit more clear. And so that can be a way to really show, you know, your kids that like, oh, there's this baby inside of mommy's tummy um, and we're really excited for them to come. And this is what they look like. The other way to do that, even before you have those better ultrasound pictures, is actually to show your kids pictures of their mom when she was pregnant with them. Right. And so you can show like, oh, this is a picture of mommy while she was pregnant. And that was actually you, the baby in mommy's tummy there is you before you were born and then show them pictures of themselves as babies. So you can say like, first you were inside mommy's tummy and then you came out and now you're here with us. And this is what's going to happen with the baby in mommy's tummy now is, you know, they can um, sort of see that progression of like, baby's going to grow inside mommy for a little while and then baby's going to be born and then baby will be outside with us. Um, 
the next way to sort of help them feel like they're part of what's happening with the pregnancy is to let them feel when baby starts to kick. Um, so sometime somewhere in that, uh, you know, 20 to 24 week range, sometimes it's a little earlier, but that moms can feel it. But that's sort of about the time where usually you can feel it from the outside. Uh, and so in that situation, you know, you might allow, especially if you have older kids um, who can kind of follow instructions to like feel um, gently and like feel whether they feel those little kicks. And that's another way to just sort of help them like, you know, start to feel like they're developing a relationship with that younger sibling. Um, and then the last thing that I'd include here is making them feel like they're part of it by it, by prayer. And so if you're teaching your kids to pray, this is a, an easy thing to sort of integrate into the prayers that you're saying. You can say prayers for mommy as she's growing the baby, uh, prayers for baby that they'll grow and be healthy and that everything um, will be okay uh, and that things will go safely when baby comes out of mommy's tummy. Uh, you know, you don't need to include any extra details unless you have older school-aged kids who are ready for that talk, in which case this might be a, a nice way to introduce some of those topics about, um, you know, where babies come from and how they go from being inside to being outside. Uh, but my oldest is four, so we're not having those conversations quite yet. Uh, but just sort of the understanding that there's a process that has to happen. We're going to go into the hospital and baby's going to start inside mommy's tummy and then baby's going to come out of mommy's tummy. Uh, and that's sort of enough detail for where we are now. But if you have older kids, then you haven't had that conversation yet. It might be sort of an easy segue to, to starting to have some of those conversations if you haven't yet. So number two, help them feel like part of the pregnancy. Number three, let them play pretend. I think playing pretend is one of these underrated aspects of teaching kids pretty much anything, but especially as they're preparing for a younger sibling, letting them sort of play pretend is is a really nice way to do this. And so you can work with your kids to sort of start imagining what it would be like to have a new baby in the home. If you have older school-age kids who are sort of better with their imaginations, this might be something that you can just sort of talk about, you know, have conversations over the dinner table or as they're going to bed, sort of what do you think it's going to look like? We'll talk about feeding and diaper changes and what do we do when baby cries and how do we take care of baby and all those kinds of things. But for younger kids, you have to make it a little more concrete. You know, developmentally, they can't really understand all of these things in the abstract. So it's much easier if they have something that they can put their hands on. And, and we have found the easiest way to do this is just to get a baby doll. Uh, and that can be a way to sort of introduce some of these important concepts. And so the first of those, as with pretty much everything, especially from a pediatrician, is safety. Uh, so the first thing you want to teach your kids when you get that baby doll is to be gentle with baby, right? And so you're showing them the baby doll. You want to show them how you hold it very gently and hold the head so that they don't get hurt. And, you know, even if you have kids, hopefully they're not going to be holding the baby by themselves if they're in this younger age group, uh, but just sort of showing them that generally, even when mommy and daddy are holding baby and taking care of baby, we have to be very gentle because babies can get hurt really easily. And just sort of showing them that, Things need to slow down around baby. We just need to be a little more careful. The other piece of of safety um, comes from like showing kids how to gently kiss baby on the head rather than on the face. And this can help sort of avoid the spread of germs in those first few months. That's another skill that as a pediatrician, I think is really useful. It won't happen every time, you know, your kids are going to give your baby a big 
wet kiss on the face at some point. And that's just sort of the way that it goes when you have kids that are this age. But if you sort of start to instill in them this idea that the default is just a gentle kiss on the head, uh, then hopefully that will, one, teach them to be gentle with baby and two, will teach them uh, how to not spread germs quite so aggressively. We tried to really show our kids all the different things that we might do with baby through this pretend play. And so we got like a little stroller that my kids could put the baby in and sort of push baby gently around the house and the stroller. We had them sort of pretend to give baby a bottle, put a diaper on the baby, put baby down in in the crib to take a little nap. Uh, And then we practice being quiet around the crib while baby is sleeping so that they understand you know, now is a quiet time because baby's trying to sleep. And that just sort of gets them in the habit of sort of understanding that we have to look out for one another. That way, all the ways that mom and dad will need to spend time caring for baby after baby comes, they're already sort of familiar with. And that has sort of two key advantages. One, kids will sort of understand it better and feel like they are part of the process when baby comes. And the second is that they'll understand that this is all part of caring for a baby that they learned before. And so you want them to feel like part of it. But even if they're not actively participating, they'll at least know that like, oh, yeah, mom is feeding baby now. That's a thing that I know babies need to do. And they might do it a lot. You know, oh, baby's sleeping in the crib now. So I know already that I need to be quiet. And so, again, none of these are going to work out perfectly. And and that will come in a minute when we talk about like just having a little bit more grace with yourself and your kids. Uh, but if you start to sort of lay those foundations of what kids can expect, then your kids will learn those things a little more quickly once baby arrives and be more likely to do them successfully. Right. And so then you can use, you know, gentler reminders, like remember baby's sleeping. So we have to be quiet rather than having to teach them from the very first time once baby comes home. And it's really important that they be quiet, right? You're not teaching them for the first time and shushing them constantly, but you're actually just helping them remember what you had already talked about. And so This will allow you to also have a model to show that you're going to sometimes play all together as a family. We're welcoming this baby into the family. And so parents and kids and new baby um, that we can show affection to all of our children and that this new baby will eventually be a fun new friend to play with once they get older. Um, But that your current kids, you're still going to do the things with them. They're just as special and just as loved. And we'll talk about that a little bit more as we transition to number four, which is just go easy on big brother and big sister during the transition, because it's always going to be hard, no matter how much of this anticipatory stuff that you put into place to try to get them uh, feeling good and doing well, you just got to go easy on them. So no matter how much preparation you do, they're going to slip up. They're going to do something. They're going to be a little too loud while baby's sleeping. They're going to wake up the baby, something like that. And just try to have a little bit of extra grace, both for yourself and for your kids when things aren't going well or messes get made. Um, everything is going to feel like a huge deal, uh, especially in those early weeks when you're sort of you're sleep deprived and you're just sort of surviving day to day and you're working together with mom to sort of get through and make sure that everything that needs to get done gets done. There's going to be things that happen along the way that normally would just roll off of you, but are going to feel like a bigger deal because there's this new baby that you want to you know, who just went to sleep after you having to rock them for 40 minutes or whatever it is, right? And it's going to feel like such a big deal. But try in those moments to just remember that you just got to have a little bit of grace with the kids because they're doing the best they can with what they have. 
one way to help this go a little bit smoother is to try to do the care of the baby out with the rest of the family if possible and not stay cooped up in the nursery. So that way the older kids will actually see that you're doing all of those things that you practice, the diaper changes, the feeding, the baby sleeping, all of those kinds of things. They'll see that and allows the older kids to still get face-to-face interaction with the parents. You're still physically there and interacting with them, even if you're also having to do something for the baby. Back in episode 12 of the podcast, uh, Dr. Lori Jones, who's a breastfeeding advocate um, who gave us a lot of really great tips about ways that dads can support their breastfeeding partners, also talked about the importance of allowing older siblings to see your baby breastfeeding and normalizing breastfeeding for kids and sort of the fact that this is not uh, sexual in any way. Um, Breastfeeding is sort of a normal, natural part of life. And so if you are going to be uh, breastfeeding with your partner, let's say your partner is going to be breastfeeding uh, your baby, you know, don't be afraid uh, if your partner feels comfortable with that to have them breastfeed at least in front of the kids so they can sort of see how normal that is. Dr. Jones gives a really good explanation of this. So if you have time to check out episode 12, I think that would uh, be a good listen as well. For older kids, finding ways for them to help, especially, you know, the the preteens and the teens can actually do some diaper changes, some bottle feeds. So if you have some older kids, they can actually be helpful on things like that. Younger kids can at least help out by going and getting the diaper and the wipes and bringing them to you and just feel like they're part of what's going on. Once you start doing uh, bottle feeds, if you're nursing initially, then there's a little less that they can do to help with that. But once you start doing uh, introduction of the bottle, if mom's going back to work, those kinds of things, then they can sometimes help with some of those um, as well. Obviously, keeping safety is a high priority just helping them feel like they're part of what's happening and they're not being replaced is one way to think about that. I've heard from some families that they like to get sort of small gifts for the older kids that are quote unquote from baby, which can be a nice way to sort of start that relationship off on a nice foot. But this is certainly not strictly necessary and it certainly should be something that's very small. So for example, uh, our oldest got a gift from his little sister, which was like a small toy fire truck. And he thought that was super cool. And he still plays with that truck to this day. And uh, he thinks it's really cool that his sister gave it to him. But uh, I don't think that's anything that's super important, but it's an idea that might work, especially if you're worried that you have a kid who might have difficulty with that transition. Um, You know, it's it's not a, a sure thing, but it can help. Then as you start to get into the routine of having that baby at home, try to find small moments for each parent to spend time with the bigger siblings and just make sure that you're reconnecting uh, without baby. So this can either be while baby is napping or while the other parent is taking care of baby. This really helps provide that predictable availability that kids need to be able to share how they're doing with the transition as baby is sort of coming into the family. Uh, And they may or may not want to do that while baby's crying or feeding or other kinds of things. So giving them those little quiet moments while baby's sleeping or baby's with another parent to talk about that can be really useful. And you as dad might take on more of that responsibility than mom, especially if mom's breastfeeding. Uh, So you know, try to be extra intentional in those moments that you spend with the older kids is just sort of say like, how are things going? How do you, how are, 
you liking baby? Are you enjoying spending time with them? And then also finding moments where we're doing everything together as a whole family, including the new baby. And so we're reading books together or whatever games, you know, my son right now really loves to play Candyland. So we've been playing Candyland and once baby comes, you know, baby will be part of those games of Candyland as well. Um, And this will just help the older kids see that we're just sort of working the new baby back into the family and that we're going to do all these things that we've been doing are still part of our, our plan and still part of what we do as a family and baby's just going to be part of that. And finally, I want to take just one little moment for the ex-baby. So the child who was the youngest before this new baby showed up. Uh, They are usually the ones who have the hardest time transitioning because they are generally used to getting the most attention. And in most cases, that will not be true anymore because there's a new baby who requires a lot of attention. And so all of these tips about giving them their own extra time, special time with uh, both parents if possible to just sort of let them know that you still love them and that, you know, there's still a child that you love very much uh, will all be, you know, really important and hopefully will reduce the number of meltdowns that you have related to this. But I'd say you're giving everyone a little extra grace. Give that ex-baby a little extra, extra grace because they might just need a little bit more help. I don't know if this will be true for my daughter. She's already like pretty independent. She's basically been a middle child uh, since she was born. She's just kind of done things on her own and sort of been very independently minded. Um, So I don't know how much she's going to need this extra attention. Uh, But especially if your current youngest is one that does require a fair amount of attention and needs those touch points, you might have to be really intentional about looping back around to them and giving them some extra touch points that they might not otherwise get. So just a quick thought on the the former baby, because that's usually the kid who has the most trouble transitioning. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast this week. I hope that you'll consider subscribing to the newsletter that I have that's just for dads that comes out every Monday. You can subscribe to the newsletter by heading over to docstodads.com slash newsletter. Each week, my newsletter subscribers get bonus content that I write up about a topic related to our growth as dads, our relationships with our wives and kids, or answers to listener questions. So if you have a question, send it to me and it'll find its way into the newsletter as well. I really want this to be meaningful for you as dads who are taking your role as a dad very seriously. I'm taking that seriously as well, and I want to be here to answer your questions and help you be the best dad that you can be. Thanks as always to Phil Rabon for editing the show and for working on some of the video uh, stuff that we have that's going to be coming out on the website soon. He's been working very hard to help me with that, and I'm really grateful for the extra time that he's putting in. Uh, for you, uh, listener, I'd love to connect with you on social media, If you're, especially if you're new to our community. I respond to every message that I get from listeners, so I'd love to hear from you. Tune in next week for an interview with a dad with a big family who's going to teach us about transitioning to zone defense, maintaining good relationships in the teen years, and living your best dad life at every stage of fatherhood. Until then, remember that what you do as a dad matters. Keep building healthier dads, happier kids, and stronger communities. Thanks. The information included in this podcast and other Docs to Dads platforms is intended for your education and entertainment only. It is not intended as medical advice and should not replace a relationship with a primary care pediatrician or other provider who will give the most appropriate recommendations for your individual situation.